0: This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place, www.caringplace.org.
1: Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now, here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brummett.
0: Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We're known as the Caring Place and have been caring for the homeless and needy here in South Florida since 1922. This is our 99th year of helping people transform their lives My name's Ron Brumman. I happen to be the president, and I've been here 30 years, so good morning to you again. We've got a tremendous program, and if this is the first time you've ever tuned in to Mission Possible, uh, this program's about 10 years old now. I can't believe that. And the whole idea of this program, this one hour on Sunday morning, and then we have another program later in the day, is that we want to have good news in our community with all the bad news, especially in this past year, Uh, with so many people dying, so many people ending up in the hospital, uh, the economic uh, situation and uh, unemployment and just barrage after barrage after barrage of of bad negative news. You know, it does play on your emotions and people get depressed and have anxieties. But I want you to know I've been here 30 years and I have seen firsthand thousands and thousands, probably tens of thousands of people over the course of these three decades Uh, to show that they have a heart for the homeless. And so this program is about good news. You know, what is happening uh, with all the doom and gloom? You know, there are still good things happening uh, around us in our world, uh, in our nation, and right here in South Florida. And some of the greatest things that are happening is when people come off the streets, when they're broken, when they're uh, full of despair, when they're in a great depression, maybe in a pit of hopelessness. Uh, that they start rebuilding and regaining their lives and transforming themselves and then really even with the economy the way it is in the housing market people are still uh, finding jobs or getting their lives turned around and are looking to a brighter future a future without drugs without living on the street without begging without abuse from uh, a partner uh, and and so on you know many of the women that come to us are fleeing domestic violence many of the men are uh, coming to us have had a history of drug addiction, but now we're seeing even a more increase of mental illness. So today, for this next hour, uh, we're going to concentrate on what's what's good and what's uh, what's uplifting in our community. You know, when we have people come alongside of us to help us in all of our different projects. We have centers in Miami and in Hollywood. Uh, we used to serve about 1,100, 1,200 people a day. We're down to about 800 and the reason that is, is because we have to be careful with how many people we put in rooms and the social distancing and making sure that we do everything as safely as we can with precautions, uh, even the way we feed our meals, the way that we reach and interact into the community is much different. And and just in a couple of weeks on April 2nd, by the way, we're going to have our, our, our Thanksgiving on Good Friday celebration. Uh, We normally, in the years past, uh, we normally would close down the streets. Uh, We would have uh, bands and entertainment and just have uh, tables out and people would serve at the tables. It would be a grand, grand celebration, especially on uh, Good Friday. And we would end that with foot washing. Well, times have changed. We can't do all that like we used to do. But we've learned through our Thanksgiving outreach and our Christmas outreach and then recently our Valentine's outreach That we can still impact others' lives and we can still help others uh, have a blessed Good Friday and still honor our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this year, by the way, Passover uh, is the, it ends on Easter Sunday. So it's that whole week. So Passover will be taking place that we have our celebration. Like I said, we are doing it differently. We're going to concentrate our efforts uh, on our church property located at 700. Northwest 175th Street in Miami Gardens. We've used this property in the past to do what we're going to do for Thanksgiving on Good Friday. Uh, we're having pre-registration. You can go to um, caringplace.org slash register. It may be all filled already. We're, give, we're going to have 300 to 400 Easter baskets to give away and food items and food boxes. We're really going to do this good. And uh, we'll have uh, special messaging. We'll have prayer tents set up. And it's just a way to bring the community together. Those that are maybe don't have as much as others, uh, we can help them with food and other items, hygiene products, and clothing. So we're going to do this together. You can be a big part of this. Maybe you can't come down in person. You know, our, even our volunteers. Uh, we used to have thousands come by in in the years past, but we are very limited in that with all the screening process and. And what we're doing to make sure people feel safe, not only the our staff and the people that we're ministering to, but also the volunteers, you know, you're coming into a situation, you don't know uh, where some people have been, and we want to make people feel as safe and as comfortable as possible. So we are going to be wearing the mask and the disinfecting and staying our social distancing, people won't have to leave their cars to get all the goodies they're going to get. And, uh, and so you could help us financially. You know, for $2.10, that's only $2.10, not even in some places a cup of coffee, you can help provide a delicious hot meal. And I've been here, like I said, three decades. I've seen firsthand, I'm a firsthand witness that hope often begins with the meal. You know, many times when people come through our doors or want help or seeking to, to get off the streets, it's not just because they think we have the greatest program in the world or the greatest resources or the greatest staff or the greatest supporters, Uh, Mainly it's because they're hungry. You know, they've been out there on the streets. They haven't eaten in a few days. They haven't taken a shower. And so they want a good hot meal and maybe a little relaxation. And it's when we do those kind of things for them with no strings attached. You come in, have a meal, take a shower, get a change of clothes. Then we can start talking to them about the possibility of change. You know, the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Well, you can make them thirsty. And that's what we're trying to do every single day with our meals program. And just having a good nutritious meals for the men and women and children that are in our program. You know, we're serving last year we're close to a million meals that we served. So for two dollars and ten cents, you can you can you can help in such a deep way. You you won't you can't even imagine it uh when you see people sitting down, having a shower, eating a meal, the difference it makes in their lives. For twenty-one dollars, that's ten meals. And I know there's people listening right now. That can, can probably do a, a hundred meals. So go to caringplace.org slash Easter. That's caringplace.org slash Easter. Uh, that will be, uh, not just for Easter, from Easter and beyond, you know, into the spring and all that and right into the summer. But we really do need your financial support. And another way that you can help, uh, especially right now is uh, being part of our mission, hope hygiene drive. Uh, we've done this every year in the first part of the year, where we ask people to go to our website at caringplace.org/missionhope. Uh, just go to our regular website, and you can. We'll send you purple bags, and we want you to put in uh, hygiene products. Can you imagine not, you know, shaving yourself or brushing your teeth? Uh, we're asking you to go to your local place of uh, where you shop, your supermarket or one of the big stores. And look for the BOGOs to buy one, get one free. Or maybe you have some small hotel shampoos that are unopened at your house and small bars of soap. Uh, You can put them together, put them in the purple bag, drop them off at one of our locations and either in Dade or um, Broward counties. Uh, Or if if you're ambitious, like uh, some people are, Boy Scouts and some of our faith community partners, uh, they do massive hygiene drives. And so they'll have 100 or 200 bags. We will come out joyfully and pick all those bags up. We use them every single day, uh, not only for people that are taking showers and, and are having a respite for a couple of days, but we're also using them every single day for people in our program. And when those things are donated to us and given to us, that's a lot of money that we can put into programs. We don't have to go out and buy those articles, just like with the food donations and the clothing donations and the toy donations. And by the way, we are still looking for Easter baskets. Uh, we're uh, we're going to give like 300 to 600 Easter baskets this year. And so we would really, really like to have your support for $2 and 10 cents. You can help us with a meal or you can participate in our mission, Hope uh, Hygiene Drive. And again, we always covet your prayers. You know, Without people praying for us and for the homeless, uh, things don't get done. We are a Christian organization uh, we don't you don't have to be a Christian to come here to get help, but uh, we've been doing this like I said for almost one hundred years. Our foundation is in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we like to share that God's love in practical ways and and yet we have people from all different faiths get involved, our Muslim friends, our Jewish friends, our atheist friends. Uh, people from all walks of life, from all economic and social economic uh, backgrounds come alongside of us because the common goal really is to be able to help someone that has been suffering from homelessness, from being, uh, lonely and being separated from society. Well, God bless you. We have a great program. This is a good news program. So stay tuned right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible.
1: Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers. I'm so excited with, we have on the phone with us today, uh, our Cover Girls supporter, someone who cares so much for her community, for helping others, always there for us for every event, every time that she has an opportunity to help. I welcome Buffy Sanders. How are you, Buffy? Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me, Leanne. I am so excited to be uh, on this
1: call today. This is exciting. I haven't seen you. I think last time I saw you was when we did the big event event. Uh, to benefit the women and children at the hotel. Is that right? <laughs> that
2: is correct. Yeah, before uh, COVID happened.
1: This pandemic it's yeah. really been a crazy thing. But I'm, I'm happy that we're able to talk on the phone to do an interview because I know that you have something exciting that you want to share with all of our listeners. And we are always excited for you because, again, I mean, you are someone who truly cares about helping others. But tell me what's new with you. What
2: is new is because of this covid pandemic I actually um had the time to um write my first book um to assist women and children and men that find themselves in I like to call it and the less not less fortunate or anything like that but when you're just trying to do something better in your life and so it was put on my heart actually years ago Um, when I was about 18 years old that I had to write a book. I had no idea what my book was going to be about, Um, but it turns out that my journey through life actually is what I had to write about and um, share my story with other individuals that um, are trying to make a different um, change in their lives for themselves, for their children, for their family. And so that's actually what I have been up to. It took me actually seven years land to finish this.
1: Wow! And I, I yeah. cannot, I could not wait to check it out. What is the name of the book?
2: The book is called Buffy the Spiritual Player. Save yourself. I Save love yourself. It. Yes, and um, that is actually what was said to me in my dream um, at the age of eighteen. Um, Save her. It's in the book. And it turns out that I had to learn how to save myself. And um, so in my book, I, I speak about that, why um, I decided to write the book, my intentions behind it, and um, and how it all came to be. And actually, it was really about my walk with God um, after many years of stepping out on faith, um, being a single mother. Uh, pursuing a four-year degree that took me actually 15 years to um, get done, but continually um, moving in faith and in prayer and never giving up and persevering through so many different circumstances that I, I found myself into. But it turns out that it was really honestly my walk with God and what God was trying to show me in order for me to assist other people about how I um, personally was um, really co-creating the world around me. And um, so no matter where I went, no matter where I moved to, I found myself in the same circumstances and I couldn't understand it. And it wasn't until I moved into, um, to Miami, Florida in 2012 um, that's where so many different things that I prayed about, that I asked for, um, was actually manifested to me. And when that happened, Leanne, I had to know more. Yes. I, I definitely had to know more, like why, how in the world did this possibly happen that from the age of me being 16 years old, um, that everything that I wrote about, prayed about, journaled about, um was asking God about having this conversation with God. Um, how did this happen? And I read back over my journals, you know, that I started years ago. I started journaling years ago, just my feelings and what I wanted in my life, what I wanted for my children. And when I read back on those journals, man, everything that I asked for manifested itself. And so of course, um any anyone You know, and when you experience something like that, you want to know who you are, you know, who am I? Like, how is that humanly possible that everything that I prayed about and I wrote about can actually happen? How did that happen? So, of course, my book talks about that, how I went looking for answers and finding other people that knew that this was actually possible, that you actually can create a, another life, you know, for yourself. And just because you were born in a certain, um, community, a certain family, it doesn't matter if you're married, not married, you actually have something inside of you that can recreate something beautiful for you. And, and the beautiful part about it is, is what I learned in this journey and I share it in the book is that Honestly, that the pain was necessary, and that's what I learned because the par- the um, everything that I ever experienced that was painful led to a prayer that's so, really,
1: that that's really amazing, and you know what it it you what I love about every everything that you said is is wonderful, but what I love the most about it is it sounds like you never gave up, that you always continue to look for those answers you know and and that of course brings me to our Centers for Women and Children that I know you are a supporter of women and children. And and that's exactly what we want to model for them, you know, never giving up. It doesn't matter what you are in life. If you're not happy, it's about looking for those answers and try to get there and try to, how can I be happy? How can I find purpose? What is it that you're looking for? Right? I feel that life is a constant uh, learning experience and we are always, always learning, right? Hopefully to be better. And Everything that you said, it just resonates with everything that we are doing and trying to teach the women here and the men, of course, also. But I know you care so much for women and children. That's why, um, I'm talking more about the women and children. Now, where can people find the book? Okay. And how are, are you, do you have like a social media platform that people can follow you in? Tell me all about it.
2: Yes, I definitely have a social media platform. I am on Instagram and Facebook under I am Buffy the Spiritual Player. And you can also locate my books on um, Barnes and Noble and Amazon.com.
1: Okay. And again, the name of the book?
2: The name of the book is Buffy the Spiritual Player, Save Yourself by Buffy Sanders.
1: I I cannot wait. I want to check it out. I really want to support you in this new journey. This is incredible, amazing. Now, what responses have you been getting from people that have gotten the book or that you have shared the book with?
2: I, I was actually overwhelmed with the responses that I have actually received for this book from my family and my friends. Because I definitely, ever since I was a little girl, I just knew something was not right. And I really wanted my family um, to really take this and to be able to use it as a map, if you know what I mean, Yes. Um, in order for them to recreate something different for themselves. So the, all the overwhelming support that I have received from my aunts and my cousins and my friends, and I also work in clinical research, so I've received so much feedback and support from the research field. Um, with my monitors and the physicians that I have worked with. And I honestly, I, I, I'm really overwhelmed with so much gratitude and so much joy, because I want nothing more than to fulfill the purpose of my life. And I know that this was what god wanted me to do i know that for sure i can
1: see it i i I can see it i don't want to run out of time i know we're almost at the end of the interview please please tell us the name of the book again and we're gonna find it in barnes and nobles and amazon.com the book of the the name of the book one more time buffy it's buffy the spiritual player save yourself and amazon so easy thank you i'm sorry that we you we run out of time we love you we wish you much success with everything and thank you so much for joining us this morning
2: Thank you, Leanne. I cannot wait till things are back to normal so we can get together and come back to the center. I really miss that. I yes, really do.
1: we miss you too. Thank, Thank you so much, Leanne Navarro, here the senior community development associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers. I'm so excited to have with us today, Genevieve Frederick, and she is the founder and president of Feeding Pets of the Homeless. Genevieve, welcome! Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs>
3: Well, thank you for this opportunity. I'm excited to have your listeners know more about what we do. We're a national nonprofit, and we provide pet food and emergency veterinary care to pets that belong to homeless people. We have four unique programs, and I'm hoping that in your state of Florida that we will be able to get some donation sites that will help us distribute pet food through local food banks, and that we will also uh, be able to reach out to some of your veterinary hospitals. Right now, we have over a 1,060 hospitals in our network. So homeless people are calling us from 50 states, and we have helped over 6,000 pets that had an ill, they were ill or they were injured, and we were able to help them. We also have a program where we uh sponsor wellness clinics where veterinarians will go out to where the homeless congregate, vaccinate their animals, and if there is a problem, then it becomes an emergency case, which is called into our office, and one of our case managers will take that call, do an interview, and we will get that pet to a hospital ASAP. Wow. We have, (laughs) yeah, it's a pretty exciting program. Uh, I started this back in 2008, and since then it started out with the one program of feeding. So right now we only have uh, 220 donation sites across the country, but at one time we had more than that. Since 2008, these donation sites have collected from their clients 751 tons of pet food, and they've taken that to uh, food banks, to homeless shelters. Uh, some of our volunteers actually take the pet food and supplies out to encampments
1: because so many homeless do not have transportation. Wow. I mean, everything that you're saying, I have seen so many homeless individuals with their animals w- walking around our cities. I mean, I know how how much it means to an individual to have a pet, to love that pet with all that they have. And and not being able to access food or access a, a veterinary office, like you said, I mean, that is something that is expensive, right? Uh, so okay. thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. I don't want to run out of time. How can our listeners find Feeding Pets of the Homeless? How can they find you? Social media, website, please tell us everything so that we can follow you and help you in any way that we can. You
3: bet. Um, our website is petsofthehomeless.org. Our Facebook is pets of the homeless. So it's pretty easy. Um, if people want to contact us, it's best to do it through the um, website If you're homeless, you can certainly call our office and that is 775-841-7463. And we're in Nevada. So we're a Pacific Standard Time, so that if we don't get back to you right away, it's because there's a time frame. But we will get back to you probably within 24 hours.
1: Now, for the homeless, because I know you're in Nevada, I know that's a Nevada number, but for the homeless in South Florida, um, they can still call you, they can still call that number, and you'll be able to refer them, hopefully, to somewhere that they can go in South Florida, per se? Absolutely. Wonderful. That's wonderful to hear. We love you. We thank you so much. I cannot wait to interview you again and give you this opportunity once again, because we love what you're doing, org. Thank you for joining us today, Genevieve. We appreciate you.
3: Thank you.
4: Have a good day. Well, it's so wonderful when we come to this part of the program because this is the part where you hear the testimony of a changed life. Uh, Some of the testimonies, they have experienced that changed life. They're giving their story or they're actually in the midst of it. And uh, they're going through that change. Transformation, we call it here at the mission. And I have with me today, I have Roger. And Roger has a story to tell. And I'm so glad that you have um, the capacity and also you're not too shy uh, to tell your story. Thank you, Roger, for being here today.
5: No problem, Miss Brummer. Thank you for having me.
4: Go, Let's go back in time. Uh, let's talk maybe a little bit about your childhood and your upbringing. And maybe we can lead into maybe what really caused some of the issues in your life.
5: All right. Not a problem. Um, I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, uh, right outside of the District of Columbia. Um, my childhood was, was, was fairly pleasant. Um, up to about five years old, uh, Was my first bad memory is when my mother up and left and cheated on my father with another man. Um, at that point, it rocked my world because she, she pretty much abandoned my sister and I. And, um, left us all alone with my dad. Now, um, my father was an outstanding dad.
1: Mm-hmm. He,
5: uh, raised us basically by himself with my mom being in and out the entire time. Uh, my father was a metro bus driver in Washington, D.C. And, um, although he was a wonderful dad, he was gone mm-hmm. the majority of the time. He was out of the picture a lot. Um, when he was around, he was, you know, great, great leadership. Um, excellent man to lead by example for me to follow. Um, but when you don't have both parents in the household, it can lead to, to negative things and mm-hmm. negative behavior. Um, growing up, I was always into sports, playing football, um, was the majority of my youth. Um, to be honest, I did well. I did well in middle school. Um, in high school, I started playing varsity football in ninth mm-hmm. grade. So, um, you know, I was doing well. I stayed away from drugs and alcohol completely all through high school because I was trying to get into college. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a scholarship to a school called Arkansas State, which is in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Um, things were going well there. Um, my second year there, I was introduced to smoking marijuana, which led to my downfall over a period of time. Um, <clears throat> through that, I had to start hanging around the wrong people, the wrong type of of, of influences, um, promiscuous women, and this leading to the wrong life. Um, as time went on, um, it seemed like it just got worse and worse. Um, I was never a, a terrible drug addict, but I just made the wrong decisions, spending my money uh, carelessly, um, and just not making man-like decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, as time went on, um, this led to me being in the wrong neighborhood at the wrong time, um, and ended up getting in trouble uh, with a possession of cocaine. That was 2009. <clears throat> After that, um I didn't deal with it right then. I, I I went on the run for a little while for about four years to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. At that point I finally after talking to my daughter, we talked about it and I decided to go back to Virginia to turn myself in. Mm. Um and that's where I found God. Um when I was all alone by myself. Now were um, you I in jail pleading.
4: at that time?
5: Yes, ma'am i was pleading i was pleading i was abandoned by everybody that i knew and god was there with me i could feel his presence and his love with me um and that i can't explain except for this most beautiful experience i've ever had in my life um
4: so when you wanted to get out when you knew you were going to get out you wanted to go someplace that would help you to be discipled and you said off air that you had written some letters
5: Yeah, I had written 23 letters around the state of Florida because I knew I wanted to be in Florida because of the, because of the weather and the uh, opportunities with music. Um, but out of the 23 letters, the Miami Rescue Mission was the only, um, only business that contacted me back. And I thought that was a sign from God in itself. Um, my counselor from prison made the appropriate contacts with uh, Mr. Milo Lane. And, um, I came. It's been uh, almost a year. I got here October 23rd
4: okay well listen We're right in the middle of a very amazing testimony so i'm going to ask the listening audience don't turn that dial we're going to come back and hear the rest of roger's story you were leaving prison you said you sent all out over 20 letters and miami rescue mission is the one that answered and so now you're going to get on that bus and you and and you're going to go and you're focused tell us why you're so focused
5: Um at that point after the experience that I had in prison I was just you know, I didn't touch base with my daughter the entire time but only through letters I had promised her that this is my last chance. I am not going to break any more promises her to her the rest of my life and I'm gonna do what I said and follow through with my word and get my life in order.
4: Wow. So, the, you, you stayed with your promise and you stayed with your focus.
5: Yes, ma'am. At this point, nothing at all will drive me off of my focus of my daughter.
4: Okay. Give us a little experience of coming to the mission, what you felt, cause it's still, you still don't know where you're going exactly. You don't understand the whole, uh, program or what's going to happen. Tell us about it.
5: Um, when I first got to the program, I was kind uh, of res- reserved and quiet because out of the prison life, it's a big transformation right when you get there around so many different people, um complete strangers, and this is my first time in Florida um but the program I, I started seeing what it was about and just i felt god from every angle of the program it's a very structured program um and it takes a lot of discipline and willpower to get through it but you start to meet uh, a lot of brothers that are going through the exact same experiences that you are uh, and you you start doing things for the right reasons um your day is from five thirty in the morning to about ten at night. you know you're going to devotion to uh your c s a which is a christian service assignment where you work all day long for the lord um after that you come back you do two hours of school um and then you go to a seven o'clock chapel as well as a eight o'clock group um and just a, a fulfilled day uh, of worshiping the lord and just you know everything, as you unleash yourself to the Lord, everything opens up for you. Things start to come together. Uh, Your plans actually become fulfilled and you start working towards goals that you had in your mind the entire time.
4: So you really, and I, I've seen a little bit of your own, your transformation. I actually didn't see you when you first came in, but I've seen you part of the ministry. And I know you've helped given tours uh, to people who want to come see behind the scenes. And you're very open.
0: Absolutely. Um,
4: you, you know, you're not really hiding like who you are, but hey, you know, yeah, I came right straight from prison and here I am. But, you know, before we go any further, uh, you have... um a ministry also of music and in your background, some radio and, and all that kind of stuff. So t- tell us that and then maybe give us an example, if you
3: would.
5: Um, sure. Yes, ma'am. I'm a DJ. I've been doing it for um, almost 20 years now. Um, but while I was in prison, I started writing rhymes, um, trying to praise and worship God in a positive light. Um, well, let's
4: end the program with a little bit of your talent.
5: All right. Check it. All right. I don't need a beat. I'm going to kick a kicker, flow cappella. When I abandoned God, my soul left like Damon Dash did Rockefeller. Through Jesus Christ, I've metamorphosed from a caterpillar to a butterfly. I'll never forget the way my mother cried when my brother died. I remember the day that she left and the way that I missed her. I had to pick up the pieces and thank God for my sister there's no time to be down the bible says i'm a king i should be wearing a crown i'm not going to stand in the corner because my family is faded pouting i'm going to stand up like a man and go to the mission of miami at dade county now i'm here in miami next stops the island of cayman i've done deals with made men and many long nights at the days in those days are over god must have heard me praying thank god he sent me to prison and gave me an apron and now to the mission, there is no mistake in.
4: Roger, that's amazing. I'm so sorry we're out of time, but we're. I'm asking the listening audience continue to pray for Roger and the many others that come to us. God bless you.
0: Well, what a great testimony from Roger. You know, that's what it's all about in our centers in Miami and Broward. You know, we're serving thousands of people all during the year, but it comes down to individual lives that have been touched and transformed. You know, you may see homeless people as you travel, uh, they're begging on the intersections, or maybe you're at a gas station, they come up to you and they want some money, or maybe you see some somebody sleeping in a field or on a bus bench. And it's sometimes easy to, to pass judgment and say, you know, if that person can can sleep there or beg all day, how come they can't get up and get a job? And, and oftentimes you don't know the whole story. There's a lot of commonalities with people who are experiencing homelessness, uh, but there's a lot of differences as well. You know, women... Uh, are fleeing domestic violence at a higher rate than ever and seeking asylum, seeking a place to go. And, and that's some of the people that we get. They bring their children, and some women are even pregnant when they come to our door. And then for men, a lot of them are, are suffering from some kind of addiction. But we're finding out more and more in the last five to seven years, that there's a lot of mental illness behind that. So we don't know if the mental illness is leading to the addiction or did the addiction lead to mental illness. And then we have some people that have gone through such horrible things in their lives, traumatic things, uh, loss of family, just loss of just the whole life has been exploded. And when you sit down and you talk to some of these people, you say, wow, now I understand you gave up, you know, you're hopeless. It wasn't just it wasn't because of drugs, it's because you didn't want to face life anymore and you wanted to escape life. So there is a lot of different reasons for people to become homeless Uh, I am so thankful and and our staff is so thankful that we're here, been here for 99 years and open 24-7. We're doing things uh, completely different than we have ever done, just like the rest of the country, the rest of the world with the uh, coronavirus. Uh, even with the vaccines coming out we're still practicing all the safety precautions we're trying to get the older uh, homeless people that are in our centers get them uh, vaccinated and moving up the chain and get our staff eventually vaccinated but uh, we're still going to go forward you know life still goes on and we're still reaching out and helping those that are experiencing homelessness i think that's probably going to increase in the future I don't have a uh, crystal ball, but it seems that we're getting more and more calls from people that need help, need assistance, need food, uh, just need a place to stay for a while to to regroup in their life. And so you can be a part of helping us. You know, April 2nd, we're having our, our Thanksgiving on Good Friday Outreach. We're going to do it different this year. We're not closing down the streets as we have in past years in our centers in Broward and Miami. Uh, we're going to have it in one location at 700 Northwest 175th Street. It's a great big church property. It's going to be a drive-through event like you've heard so much of and seen so much of. Uh, people have, are registered. You go to uh, caringplace.org slash register. It's uh, very limited, though. I think 300 to 400 uh, families can come out. Uh, and that may close up you know, by the time you listen to this, but we're going to have a an outreach. We're going to have things for children, Easter baskets. We're going to have food giveaways and food boxes and clothing and hygiene products, and we're going to have people there to pray for one another. And, and if people want to be baptized, we're even going to have a baptismal... Tank there, and we're going to do everything with precaution and safety measures in in line. you know in years past, we used to wash the feet of the homeless and wash the feet of the people that came to the uh, outreach we're going to do that, but it's going to be more of an internal thing we're not going to just do it uh, for anybody we're going to be by volunteer and make sure that uh, water's changed and everything is ana- antiseptic. Uh, so people can get that feeling. You know, that's what Jesus did. He washed the feet of his disciples before he died for us. And so we've done that for many, many years. We want to do some of that at this event also. So go to caringplace.org Easter for $2.10. You can make a big difference. That's one meal. And with that meal comes hope and some encouragement and you know you can do this and people are really transformed when they get that meal that's nutritious with a smile and they get that message that you are important your life can be different well god bless you Uh, thank you again for tuning in tune in next sunday right here on news radio 610 wiod for more mission possible this podcast was presented by the miami rescue mission broward outreach centers also known as the caring place www.caringplace.org.